0: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly,
1: call 1-800-858-858. Joining us now to talk cricket is Hamish Bennett, former Black Blackcap. G'day, mate. How are you?
0: Yeah, good, mate. How
1: are you going? Yeah, not too bad. I was thinking about you as we were getting you on, and I thought... Oh, Benny, I've heard I've heard uh the old Harry Jav call you Benny before and that did make me wonder whether or not eggs had ever been your nickname.
0: Uh Henry Nichols actually gave me that nickname when oh. I was um a bit younger actually came through started calling me eggs, I mean green eggs, but yeah, you called me eggs for a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, it has been thought
1: of. It has been thought of I'm not I'm, I'm i uh, I am not on anything new. What's what's the best nickname in cricket, do you think? That well, you can say on the radio. Been the best nickname? Yeah.
0: Oh, it's got to be Finn Allen, doesn't it? His nickname's King. So, I mean, you know, we just, you just you always used to say when he got run, long live the King.
1: Yeah, no, well, but he did all right the other night, didn't he? 96. You take that. No, yeah, he did, didn't
0: he? So, Finn, though, it was a bit of a boring inning, wasn't it? I mean, I know mean, he fell asleep watching him back, wasn't 96 off <laughs> 100 and something. Well, he took some responsibility. That's not what. I mean, it's obviously, you know, very mature knock and obviously helped get the Blackouts over the line, but. I mean, from my point of view, I mean, I don't want to watch him bat like that. I whack it, but, but it's very good for New Zealand cricket.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, especially given that Kane wasn't available. What have, what what have you made of this series in the windies and and what we've seen out of it?
0: Um, I think it would be a great series um, before the World Cup. Um, and, you know, if you can't get a subcontinent before the World, one day World Cup, I think the wickets have turned. They've been slow, and it's probably not been that traditional sort of style of cricket that we've... Um, I guess we like to enjoy, you know, with the fast pace and hitting lots of boundaries and high scores, it's gone back to that. I guess you have to really value your wicket. Um, you have to try and be three down at 30 overs, and that's that's always been one of the, I guess, main principles in one-day cricket, being three down at 30 overs. And um, I guess it's shown that you've got to be able to, I guess, win in different ways and just try to be able to adapt. And I guess that's what, I guess, it took the uh, Black Caps use one game to, to learn that. Yeah,
1: I mean, you always hear that about, you know, on the subcontinent with... Uh... When it's spinning and things, you got to you got to be able to use your wrists, and you got to be a wristy player. Wristy players tend to go better against spin. I mean, is that what Finn Allen's done here? And and do we have other players that play that way that you think should be uh, sort of in the equation to to make that World Cup if we're going to pick a squad for the conditions?
0: Um, I think the wristy thing, just being being able to you know, hit the ball late, you know, try and be able to go with the turn or sort of go against it a little bit. I think um, I think we've got the right squad, mate. I think the right players are there. I mean. You know, there'll be a couple of backup batters um, to go as well. But I think, for when you go to subcontinent, it'll be interesting, you know. In the last World Cup, it was big, you know, obviously, ICC were pretty big on making sure spin was into the game. So it'd be interesting to see what the wickets are like um, in this World Cup in India. Um, to, you know, what will they do for the seed bowlers, or will it just be sort of typical sort of subcontinent-style wickets? So... There's not plenty of time to go, but I think they're on the right track. And I like that they've tried the fin, I guess fin I in mean the batting experiment, um, all, you know, a long way out before the World Cup. So, you know, they, they, they'll be certain on who's going to open the batting in their order by the time the World Cup comes around.
1: Yeah, uh, of course, he, he went in there. Tom Latham dropped down into Kane's position. Uh, didn't didn't go so well for, for Tom with the bat, just a, a duck off three balls. But New Zealand did win the game. What have you made of Tom Latham's captaincy? In, in place of Kane? I mean, we've seen more and more times that Kane is unavailable to play because he's had this elbow injury and other things. Um, how do you think Tom Latham goes as
0: captain? Um, oh, look, I think he's, he's probably, he he's had the technical analysis and the knowledge and all that, and he'll really just be trying to run the, sh- uh, the ship the same as Kane. I guess um, I actually looked at it after that, so the South African series as stats from Test Cricket, and um, when he's captain, you know, because everyone calls for Kane's head after the England series, as the media does after we we Go slightly badly. Um, that um, but his record as captain when isn't actually great with the bat, um, when he is captain. So, um, you know, if you're sort of leading me down that path to see if you know Kane should take a rest or not, I mean, I think Kane's still the right man for the job. I think if Kane was ever gonna give up a former captaincy, I'd actually like to see him to the T20 captaincy. And then I think Tim would probably be the man that could lead the T20 side if, um, maybe potentially after this World Cup, if Kane wants to. If you want to manage your players a bit better, I would like, still like to see Kane um, be the one-day captain going into the 2023 World Cup, and i still like to see him being the test captain. So um, I think it's just one of those things that Tom's the, the backup guy if Kane's, if Kane's down, but I think Kane definitely has to be the man to lead us forward.
1: Yeah, no, I wasn't trying to lead you into anything. It was just a, I, I, just, <laughs> I, I just wondered about some of the, the, the decisions of fielding placements, bowling rotations and things when Kane wasn't there. Um, I'd seen a little bit of criticism of it, and um, just in thinking that maybe, you know, what's he thinking here, what's he thinking there. Um, but I guess we're just, we're not in the, in the conditions we're not on the field, so it's hard to say.
0: Yeah, I guess as well, the hard thing in the West Indies as well, when we got on top like that as well, you have to bowl your spin straight away because you want to make sure you get the 20 overs in. Mm. Um, you're just not sure when it's going to rain as well in the West Indies, and obviously that's why people were in the toss and bowling first with Duff West Lewis, trying to see what you can get, making sure that you sort of. You know, if you are building and you lose, you know, for instance, if Western is better first the other night and they got rained off after twenty three overs and then, <clears throat> or twenty five overs, we'd have come out about twenty five overs, we would have been chasing, you know, probably forty. So um it's one of those ones you got, you know, you're on top, you want to try to get through the game. So I mean you can see the game differently. Um, which isn't a bad thing. It's it's good to play under different styles and learn different tactics and try different things. Um so yeah, I don't mind it all, mate. To be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it was around, you know, when we had the windy struggling that he didn't go for the throat. Basically, um, was was the was some of the chat, but um, mm. obviously they still got windy. It's hard the wind. though,
0: isn't it? Yeah, it's hard though because, like, you know, you look at that lineup, and what does going for the throat look like? You know, you had Jimmy Neesham and Daryl Mitchell, your other seam options, um, and then you had Bracewell and Satna. So, the bowl Saudi and bolt out your ten overs, and then, you know. He's probably always thinking as a captain, you know, because you're in the moment, and you always think to yourself, oh, God, I need to make sure I've got my big boys there just in case it doesn't go quite well. You always can think in a mindset of if you're on top, right, you know, if I can get this guy through, I can get this guy through, maybe pick up one pole, then, you know, there might be 50 for seven or something and we'll be okay because I've bowled this guy out or bowled that guy out. So he probably felt, you know, those conditions. He was probably begging for of like lucky Ferguson to become on first change, so... Um, it's funny how it works so, you know, after the first game you know the way it was it looked like a bit easier to face the pace on bowling and then you sort of rotate him out and then you're sitting on the sidelines and probably the man you wanted to bowl first change
1: yeah, yeah it's funny, funny that alright mate uh, it's, uh, I did see somebody uh, suggest <coughs> that uh, this kid Trent Bolt that we've got on loan from the Mumbai Indians looks alright after
0: that he's not bad he? Thank- yeah. thankfully the Mumbai Indians didn't need to play some cricket before a couple of T20 <laughs> leagues so uh, we'll take that as much as we can, I think.
1: Yeah, indeed. He's three for 18. Southie, four for 22. The old dogs have still got it, haven't they?
0: Yeah, they do have it, mate. I guess it's a good opportunity for Southie as well. He's taken his opportunity with both hands. you think if Matt Henry's fit, Tim probably wouldn't have played. Uh, Matt Henry would have opened the bowling in all those three games. He's been the first choice um, ODI bowler with bolty now for, for a wee while. So... Uh, I guess Saudi's still showing, you know, Gary did, and Gavin Larson that he still wants to be around for that 2023 World Cup and he wants to play a big part of it. So you think of Tim Southy in the last, you know, since 2015 to after 2015 World Cup to sort of now, he probably hasn't really played a big part in the ODI squad. He's always been sitting on the sidelines. So um, he's taking that opportunity with both hands.
1: Yeah. Do you think pretty much the squad that's over there is the squad that's going to go to the World Cup, the ODI World Cup?
0: Um. Yeah, I guess the only one is around Bolt, isn't it? What they do with Trent Bolt. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, Mitchell McLennigan, he left to do the same thing as Trent Bolt. Yeah, you know, they forgot about him and said you'll never get picked. Adam Milne, um, he's done it, but they've sort of picked him again. Um, Colin Munro's done it, and they've sort of put the line through his name, um, like they do with McLennigan. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with Bolt, if they um, put his line put the line through his name or... Um, or if they don't, and then other players are going to... I would think Ricardo, you know, expect other players to be playing these other leagues as well come around, um, you know, uh, Christmas time. You know, expect some New Zealand players to be in the South African League and expect other players to be, be playing Emirates League as well. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens.
1: And speaking of Munners, he, he went all right uh, in the 100 overnight. They were chasing uh, 122. And uh, he scored sixty seven off thirty seven to get his team home, the Trent Rockets.
0: Yeah, he's still got it, mate. The old the old boy, old boy, he's still got it. It's just he's you going know, cricket. I don't know if you read much of cricket info, but I saw an article the other day that Graham Smith um, sort of they wrote about Graham Smith saying how guess world cricket, especially um, you know, the smaller nations like ourselves in South Africa. Anyone outside the big three needs a big cash injection and that's why they've gone for that franchise T20 league and they've got people like the you know, people who own um, the Chennai Super Kings owner team and other IPL owners own teams in their leagues so I think world cricket's in a really interesting spot at the moment just to see what players do and how flexible countries are around players. I almost think we're getting to the point where international cricket is actually promoting you to play these leagues and then players are looking to play these leagues to, to cash in, to, to retire, and retire and put their feet up which is which is fair enough, but I just think the the scope and the dynamic of world cricket is is slowly changing. If you're outside the big three,
1: yeah, it's interesting you said uh, um, about the the big three and the, those you know what's going on there. Because I see David Warner um, has decided to he's not playing in that UAE league. He signed a deal to play BBL for the next two seasons.
0: Yeah, well, the Big Bash. Um, Australia, Cricket Australia have obviously put their foot down and um, basically they don't let anyone else play in any other competition with the big bashes on. I guess they can do that with um, the funds that they that they have, um, which is always nice. Their bank account is pretty healthy, so they can obviously flick water a little bit more money to um, just keep them happy and keep them in the BBL. And I think um, BBL as well, they're going to be doing things and trying to shape up their products as well to compete and on a global scale i mean i see they signed a deal with disney as well um to get their bbl through and, through to india with the ipl is obviously on disney now for about these 13 nearly 14 million a game disney paid for the ipl so it's the second highest um sporting event in the world behind the nfl so um disney's obviously making a big move as well to get into india so cricket australia have got on that so it's just yeah mate it's just or it's just a Changing beast, and I just think it's this cricket is just changing, as Grant said. You know, in five, six years' time, there could only be four or five, you know, and possibly six teams playing test cricket around the world, and the rest just looking to play franchise cricket or and play white ball cricket. So, so, the landscapes, um, it's an interesting point of view at the moment, eh? It's in a real mm-hmm. interesting spot. It's just, um, I think for us, it just depends on um, what the powers that be let people do outside of their. Of, of their contracts or if they're not contracted how much they have to play for New Zealand in a year to be eligible for the big events because it's also harsh on some of the you know if you think if you're a player who's been slogging away for New Zealand and playing for the last couple of years in the team regularly and turning down other little things on the side um, I guess you know you would be pretty dirty you probably understand it but it would be pretty dirty if you had to step aside for for someone who's been away and choosing not to play for New Zealand to play in these other leagues when, when a major ICC event happens so uh, be interesting to see what his stance is on it.
1: Yeah, it will be, mate. Uh, let's uh, quickly flip over to the UK and see how Baz ball's going. Uh, not great again in the first test against South Africa. Uh, boy, that South African pace attack absolutely tore the palms apart, didn't it? Rivada particularly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, they got a very good pace attack on you. It was always going to be. Um, I think as soon as Baz had his first loss, you know, he's still trying to play sexy cricket as his terms. Mm. Um, but I think once he had that first loss, the media are always probably going to jump on him. A bit harder than, um, you know, than just a normal English cricket loss. I mean, that's just the way the English media are, and um, and I guess everyone talked about the style of play so much. But, you know, I think you'd be a brave man, and you'd know as well, working with Bears on, on your radio station. I think you'd be a brave man to bet against him and another mm-hmm. thing that he isn't getting the troops ready and charged to to go again. Um, so I wouldn't expect it to be something that um, I expect England to bounce back and put in a better performance. But I guess he's probably. You know, um, you know, the term, I guess I've I've heard a lot, I've heard Jimmy Smith say on this, um, on SMZ Australia and in New Zealand, you know, a lot of people can coach the NRL, could coach the NRL, but you've got to be able to deal with the media and you've got to be able to deal with um, buying and firing players. And that's what I guess Baz is going to get tested on now is, you know, as a head coach, you got to be prepared not to be liked um, and you've got to make some tough decisions, with, which is best for the team, And I guess. Um, you know, If he loses this South African series, then he's going to have to get himself in a position where he's going to have to make some some tough calls, and a few might be unpopular, but they've got to see the bigger picture in the end, so that's always the hardest thing as a head coach.
1: Yeah, I mean, he said that they needed to go harder and put more pressure on the South Africans, so he's actually doubled down on the approach rather than uh, saying anything else, which is very bad.
0: Oh, of course it is, yeah. I mean, he's always been big about putting pressure back on the bowler and making the bowler think that they're in trouble, and sweeping on the bowler and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, if, they, <laughs> if they come out going a bit harder, playing a few more shots. And I think as a batter, I think you don't want to be tentative. You don't want to be thinking, oh, can I play that? Can I not play that? You just want to be decisive and just have conviction in your in your thoughts and in your movements. And that's what Baz will just be echoing to them, um, you know, echoing them to them into the second test. So I'm sure they would have had a couple of pints and talked about it. Um, at the bar, and then they can sort of travel up, and then get get into the next test on Thursday. So he'll be thankful there's not much time in between games, and they can just try and get back on the horse straight away.
1: Yeah, just back back to it. Now you mentioned Graham Smith writing uh, on Crick Info. Another bloke's been doing a bit of writing recently is Ross Taylor. Have you had a look at that book yet?
0: Uh, I haven't actually. No, I haven't had a wee really look at that book. Um, no, he's been getting around. And I guess um, some of the people have been grabbing the the snippets and stuff of it. So. Um, yeah, you know, I guess um, I'll guess I'll read it sometime. Like I normally say to every former teammate who's written a book, if they ask me if I read their book, I say I'll wait to look at the bargain. But so I might have to wait, <laughs> might have to wait a little bit longer until um, that one's in the bargain bin. But um, no, I'll get around to it sometime. But have you have you read it?
1: I haven't read the whole thing. I'm about halfway through. Um, but uh, yeah. tell you what, there's certainly a few people who uh, will no longer be sending Christmas cards to the Taylor household. Should we say that?
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess sometimes it can get taken out of context, some of the stuff. And, and, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's always, a, it's always a hard one writing a book, isn't it? What you leave in and what you put in and what you take out. And I'm sure he would have ummed, and ummed and uh, it a lot over it a lot. So, um, yeah, I guess it's just one of the things of writing a book, isn't it? You've got to be prepared to, um, to, to, to tell your journey. And sometimes your journey isn't always, a, as we know, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. So... Um, but as, a, as someone from the public, um, yeah, I, I, I guess it would be a great insight to his career and a, and a, and a very good read.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Has
0: not mentioned me? Has he? I haven't seen.
1: I, I haven't seen your name yet. I haven't seen. Maybe uh, he's. Maybe maybe he's leaving okay. you to the end. You're the cliffhanger. You
0: too. He took a bloody good catch off there, Napier. He could have told me how good a ball that was. It was nice and <laughs> short wide, and he jumped off and he caught it. Everyone went on about the catch. So I said, "Well, someone's got a bowler."
1: Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, you 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 set him up beautifully, Hamish. You set him up beautifully. Yeah,
0: yeah. Ball. No one expects a short, wide one that you can cut for six
1: <laughs> and just top edge. Exactly. Catching them by surprise. I see what you did there. It's it's baiting the hook, yeah. right? Baiting the hook. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly, I double down on my approach, McCullum style.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I like it, I like it, Amish Um, uh, tomorrow morning we've got the last of the Windy's, uh, ODI's, um, 85% chance of precipitation. Um, what goes on in the shed when it's raining outside and you can't play cricket?
0: Oh, a lot of madness. You find out who's, who's tweaking, who's on the edge, um, who's not feeling great about themselves, and who's relaxed, really. <laughs> I think. Um, the real nuffs of the team, like, uh, um, like I guess, looking at that team, like a few of the nuffs like Kane and, I guess, even Tommy Latham and Finn, to an, to an extent, be going around and grabbing everybody's bats and seeing who's got the best bats and talking about weights and pick up and feel and, God, it goes on for hours, all that sort of rubbish. <laughs> um, and the few other boys be having coffee and relaxing and then I guess a few other boys who are really itching to get out there will be sitting on the balcony and literally watch it rain and watch the grounds and do their work and try and look around and see when they're getting back out there. It all depends on what um, situation you're in. I think if um, if a ball hasn't been bowled, everyone's sort of pretty relaxed but I mean if you're on top and you know that you're going to win with Duckworth Lewis then you're, you're out there trying to watch it and you're encouraging it to rain more so you don't have to go back out so you know you've won. And if you're behind, then you're still out there and you go, oh, it's not that wet. You know, we can get out there, we can get out there and you try to put pressure on the umpires. putting the umpires come in every, like, you know, 20 minutes and that and say, oh, it's still raining. You're like, yeah, no, you know, no bollocks. I can, I can see it. So, yeah,
1: thanks for that. Thanks
0: uh, for the update. Yeah, the hardest thing is, I think, now for modern generation is, because um, you obviously get your phone taken off you before you go into the ground for beating reasons, obviously. Mm. Um, whereas when, when I first started, we... We obviously had to put the phones away, but everyone was normally playing cards or doing something like that, whereas I guess the younger generation, they wouldn't know how to play cards if it's not on their phone. So it's trying to find something to do, really. I remember Eden Park, we played Bangladesh, and we had this amazing game of Lindell cricket, which was pretty enough. We taped up a tennis ball and... Got their big rubbish for now it's a stump. So I remember Tim Seati's steaming in at Gary Stead and he was cutting him, then Steady left the big inswinger and got his poles knocked over and got a massive send off. So it was actually quite funny.
1: Yeah. Did did um, Southie make the team the next week? After that?
0: Last, yeah, yeah. He was captain, it was the last game of the season, so it was actually good. So um no, it was, it was uh, and we had a security guard batting and all sorts. It was quite funny. Uh, <laughs>
1: so, uh, you're just
0: trying to you're just trying to find things to do, I guess, I mean, I'm not sure if the um, Ross Taylor's books over in the Caribbean, but I mean, there might be a few people reading a couple of copies of that. Yeah,
1: yeah, That'd indeed. Be time it would be, it would be. I did wonder whether you or might, not I should uh, I should take it to New Zealand Cricket and ask David White to sign it or not. I don't know if he'd be up for that, but...
0: Um, you hope... Um, you hope um, you know, maybe my maybe one like of the senior members has got a few of the youngsters crowd around like in primary school, showing the pictures and reading it to the class.
1: <laughs> Brilliant, Hamish. Hey, listen, mate, thanks very much for your time. Good to chat. Go well. No, awesome mate.
0: Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. I always enjoy it. Mate, yeah. it's,
1: it's always good fun. Uh Hamish Bennett there, uh former black cap chatting to us about uh yeah, well, tell us a few stories. Tell us a few stories. Always good to hear those.